Welcome to the Visualize You show. I'm your host, Beth Hewitt, and each week on the show, we'll talk about how you can live, love, and visualize the life and business of your dreams. I'll bring you interviews with inspirational people who have taken that path already so that you can learn the practical skills that will help you to do the same. Let me help you to recognize your self-worth, honor your skills, and become confident being who you are always supposed to be. Now let's get on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Beth Hewitt. I am a spiritual performance coach and I am the host of the Visualize You show. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about that polarity between effort and surrender. But before that, just a quick recap. So I haven't done a podcast episode for a little while, but I am going to be creating content a lot more frequently because I am now full-time in my business, Visualize You. I am now full-time doing the online thing, running the Visualize and Thrive Business Club. Yes, I have finally given up my non-executive director position with the NHS, which now allows me to fully concentrate on growing the business. It has been such a journey that I have been on over two and a half years and the podcast came on board about just less than a year into that journey. So thank you listeners if you have been with me from the start. I like to share the stories of people who have pivoted and changed direction, who have really gone after their vision for their life. Sometimes not always knowing how that's going to unfold but doing it anyway facing that fear and just going for that but one of the things that many entrepreneurs business owners experience but also everybody in life generally is this kind of balance between effort and surrendering pushing working hard hustling but then allowing ourselves to receive the gifts that come from the work that we're doing I really believe that one of the most profound lessons that we will ever experience in life is to have a full grasp of the balance that is required between effort and surrender. And this requires us to let go of our current perceptions of life. And it feels a little bit like one of the universe's kind of cruel or ironic tricks that it plays on us. I almost get the feeling that the universe is laughing at us a little bit because we as human beings struggle so much with the desire to be a success and that we think that we have to put all of this effort out there and that is what is going to reap all of the gold. And so we keep pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, never surrendering or never being grateful for, or appreciating the things that we already have, or never stopping to pause and reflect on what we have just done and what we have achieved, and being in the now and being in the present. The universe, on the other hand, when you think about nature, does that naturally. It understands the yin and the yang. It understands the ebb and the flow. The sun will rise, then fall for the moon 
to take its place in the sky, never wondering if one or the other is ever not going to turn up. Trusting that at different points of the year, the sun and the moon will rise and fall at different times. No need to send a memo or a text to one another to remind them that they're going to be a couple of minutes later or earlier tomorrow or next week. They just know. They just do. And it seems like a really simple, simplistic view on life. But then I believe most of the beautiful gifts and lessons in life are so simple. The trees are another example of the ebb and flow of life. And yet we still seem to succumb to this tireless need to push and to forget to surrender. As I am speaking these words completely unscripted, the image that just came to mind was of how the act of giving birth, of labour, all of that effort that comes to pushing a human being out into the world. And even before the labour starts, the the whole idea of conception, the effort that has taken place to get to that point. And then once that child is born into the world, at that point, should we not just surrender to the whole of life that comes next? Do we really have to push in order to succeed in everything that we do? I think there's a difference between hard work, working hard, doing the good things, being a good citizen, being a good human being, being kind, preparing, being strategic, Of course we have to do all of that if we are to be a good human being. But also most of the time, done is better than perfect. Just doing the thing, just taking action and moving forward to that grand vision that you have for your life is enough. And then when you have done that thing, learning to surrender. Everything in our life is effort and surrender, whether we realise it or not whether we are conscious of it or not. We get up, we act, we try, we do. We put forth the effort. Then at some point, we must let it go. We must see what happens. We must surrender to whatever it will be. And in an ideal world, this would be a balanced distribution of energy and effort. But we know that that is not the case. We know that for many people, we experience struggle. Why is that so? On some level, I believe that we are conditioned and taught that we must struggle, that it must be hard. My school motto was nil sine labore, forgive my Latin, which means nothing without hard work or something like that. And so from a young age, it is ingrained into us that in order that we can reap the rewards, we have to work incredibly hard. We have to struggle, we have to fight, we have to hustle. And to some extent, we have to work hard. And to some extent, yes, we have to take the action. 
but does it always need to be a struggle? Can we not just aim the arrow and then release the bow? Can we not just blow up a balloon and then let it float off? For me, understanding surrender comes from that point of pure awareness where we can step back and understand what it is that is working for us and what is not working for us. When we do that, we are able to make small adjustments. We're able to still stay focused on our goals, but we don't have to live our life with our foot pressed firmly on the gas. Nor do we have to be in hesitation and anticipation to step on the brakes. We would simply just coast. But we do still need to be fully aware of where the pause should be between the two extremes of go and stop, of effort and surrender, so that we can make really mindful decisions and we can ensure that our energies are always balanced. I was recently in one of the Believe With Beth sessions, which is one of the um, performance coaching and intuitive guidance sessions that I do with my clients inside the Visualize and Thrive Business Club. And one of my clients, Angela, was telling me about a retreat that she was going to be running at the weekend and how it was going to be long and tiring, but that she also needed to start editing her videos for her upcoming course and launch. And she said something like, once I've got the retreat out of the way on Saturday, I'll start to do my course on Sunday. And I said, are you sure? Where is the pause? When will you stop? When are you going to process the magic of the retreat? We have to stop the push. We have to stop pushing so that we can receive the magic of the effort. Just like giving birth once again, once we stop the push, we can receive the magic of the life that has just been delivered. But how do we do this? This is easier said than done. Well, I think the first part of being able to learn to surrender is acknowledging that we have these feelings, these negative feelings. I'm talking now about those negative feelings that come with wanting to strive for more happiness, for more joy, for having more money. When all the while we are thinking, I want more money, I want my circumstances to change. We are trying to pursue a positive outcome, but the result of that is negative because the more we focus on what we do not have, the more we attract more of what we do not want. But if this law is correct, that means that when we pursue the negative, and stay with me on this, when we pursue the negative, that in turn generates the positive. This is why I am so focused on finding gratitude in all of our experiences, both good and bad. If we can learn to find the positive in the negative experiences that we have, then we will attract more positivity. If I can just 
make that more simplistic. Take, for example, the analogy of the pain that you pursue in the gym, which is probably a rubbish example because I never go to the gym, but that pain you experience when you're doing something like being in the gym or running, whatever that is, will result in better all-round health and energy in the longer term, even though in the moment it feels difficult. And so the failures in business are what lead us to a better understanding of what is necessary to be successful in the future. Being open with your insecurities will paradoxically make you more confident in the long term. It will also be the thing that attracts your ideal clients because you will be showcasing your authenticity to the world. The pain of honest confrontation, of telling the truth, of sharing a secret, is what will generate the greatest truth and respect within the relationships that you have with others. I remember as a project manager, when I had multiple clients and stakeholders to keep happy, as a young project manager, I would want to almost hide those things that are not going well from my clients, from my stakeholders. But when you are able just to showcase, when you are able to just share and say, look, this is not going to plan, but this is what I think we can do instead. And having an open and honest dialogue around that thing, you will gain more trust and respect from other people. And that's exactly what happened. And that allowed me to grow into being a really great project manager. So anything worthwhile in life can really be won through the meaning we attribute to all negative experiences. And just by accepting our negative self-talk, we allow ourselves to transcend it. And by having a grasp on the sometimes subconscious negative self-talk that we are having with ourselves, the things and the conversations that are going on in our head, the things that we tell ourselves, if we can accept that negative self-talk, then we can also transcend it. We can move past it. I think it was... Um, Alan Watts, the, the modern day philosopher, who believed that this is backwards law at play. When we accept the things we are trying to avoid, they start to fade away. We start to feel better. When we stop trying to run away from things that we don't want, the pain from those things fades and then we just naturally gravitate to what we actually want. And then, as if by magic, if we allow the magic to be seen, we realise that self-improvement isn't so much about trying to cut out the traits of ourselves and the things that we don't like about ourselves or the things that we don't like about our life. Self-improvement is actually about accepting those traits about ourselves and about our life that we don't like. One of the ways that we can do this is through the power of self-forgiveness. Now, you may have heard me talk about Ho'oponopono before. 
I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. It's a very powerful mantra for helping us to release those things, those self-beliefs that we have. But also when we heal ourselves, when we take on the responsibility of healing ourselves, we are at the same time healing the world and everybody else around us too. Marianne Williamson said, the practice of forgiveness is our most important contribution to the healing of the world. And Mark Nepo or Nepo said, when we heal ourselves, we heal the world. For as the body is only as healthy as its individual cells, the world is only as healthy as its individual souls. And so let's go full circle. We need to let go of our current perceptions of life. We have to acknowledge that we have negative feelings and that just by the virtue of societal conditioning and our human experiences, we are going to feel negative thoughts and feelings from time to time. But if we can accept our negative self-talk, we can learn to transcend it. And when we learn to transcend it and heal ourselves through loving, kindness and forgiveness, we don't only heal ourselves, but we heal the world. I'm looking forward to sharing more episodes with you, doing more content. If you ever have any requests, do get in touch. You can find me at bethhewitt.com. And if you're interested in creating a vision for your life and business, head to createyourvision.co.uk. Have a beautiful day, my friends. I'll speak to you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, friend. Thank you so much for listening to the Visualize You show. If you enjoyed this episode, then why not subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you would like to be with a chance to win 12 months access to the Visualize and Thrive Business Club Lounge, then simply tag me and the show anywhere you like on your social media. Simply use the hashtag VisualizeYouShow. And... If you catch my eye, then you could be sitting in the lounge next month. So until next time, remember to visualize you.